Hey guys, Alex Lokes here, Classic Camera Revival. And today we are going to be talking about an iconic camera from an iconic manufacturer. And there's a good chance you might have heard of it. If you are into small 35 millimeter cameras, then you might have worked with the likes of the um, Minox, the Olympus XA line, and even the camera we're working with. And it is the original. I'm, of course, talking about the Rolly 35. Welcome to the Classic Camera Revival, coming to you from the Greater Toronto Hamilton region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode. Now, for me, the Rolly 35 has been a camera of infinite frustration, which is why we have brought in a ringer today, and that is none other than Alex Smith, the brother of Bill. Now, between the two of them, they seem to have almost every single Rolly 35 model out there, and they are both avid users of the camera, but I don't like it. I still have mine. I just don't like it. So I decided to dedicate myself to the history of the camera. And what's really interesting is that this camera almost didn't get made. So the Rolly 35 is the brainchild of Heinz Wask. Um, Wask wanted to design a small 35 millimeter camera that not only used the standard 35 millimeter cassette, but used the 36 by 24 millimeter frame size. He began work in 1962. Um, every part, component, and aspect of the camera was built around saving space. He used a triplet lens, um, a 40 millimeter f3.5, a coupled match needle CDS light meter, and in the true brilliance of this camera design, it was a two-part shutter with the actual shutter leaves being in the lens barrel that collapsed in and out of the body with the actual clockwork being fixed into the camera body itself. Even the film take-up gears had been stripped down from the usual eight sprockets to five. Of course, he didn't design this for Rolly. He designed it for the company he worked for at the time, and that was Wirgen. Wirgen turned around, saw his working prototype, and declared it a waste of time, and fired Heinz. Heinz then presented his camera designs to two camera manufacturers, one of them being Kodak, the other one being Lights. Both of them turned him down, too. So by this point, we're in January of 1965, and Heinz finds work at Rolly. The new managing director immediately saw potential in this camera and told him, make it happen. But he put a couple of details that he wanted. First of all, he needed to use Rolly manufacturers and component producers, which meant that we ended with a Carl Zeiss Tessar lens, a Gaussian light meter, and a Compour shutter. The uh, camera was first presented to Photokina in 1966. And by the end of that year, 900 units had been produced. The camera was popular. And in 1967, the factory was producing 1,000 cameras a month. But that wasn't the only Rolly 35 out there. In 1969, they produced two entry-level models. The B35 
which had a selenium meter, and the C35, which was meterless. Both of them mounted a Zeiss Triotar lens. In 1971, setting financial difficulties, manufacturing shifted from Germany to Singapore. Only the Roly 35 and the B35 made the move. The lenses shifted to be produced in-house, but remained licensed Zeiss lenses. It was only the Japanese companies that produced the shutter through Copal and Nissi for the meters. In 1974, um, the Roly B35 was rebranded as the 35B to match the new naming convention. And that was the Roly 35T, which mounted the original Tessar lens, and the second new high-end model, the 35S, which is essentially a 35T, but instead of a Tessar lens, it mounted a fast sonar 40 millimeter f2.8. Trying to stay relevant, in 1978, the release of the Roly 35 LED, which used red and green LEDs instead of a needle, and they eventually updated both the 35T and the 35S to the LED models. But even these were short-lived, as by 1981, the factory closed. There was a brief resurgence in 1990 with the Roly 35 Classic, a direct copy of the Roly 35 SE, and had two variants, the metric one and the gold 75th anniversary model. But even these models were produced in limited quantities. And in 2014, it ended two years shy of the 50th anniversary of the camera's initial release. So, Bill, Alex, what makes these cameras so good in your mind? Optics. And uh, quite honestly, they're the ultimate sort of carry-around camera. You can literally throw one into your briefcase and not worry about it. it you're not again. It also it being a a fixed lens, your your decision making has been reduced. So you've got to make that forty millimeter work for you. And um, the other big bonus is, you know, it, it's like the the end results are just stunning. And, and there, there are marvels of engineering. Granted, though, they can be a little frustrating because I have a, my 35S down here with my desk and I'm, I cannot collapse the lens back in to save my life uh, for some odd reason. That's the problem with these cameras. They're a lot smaller, but then again, doing any repairs, it's definitely a don't try this at home kind of affair. And uh, yeah, uh, offhand, uh, they are marvels of engineering. Again, the big bonus is they're mechanical. So I know the, the big current point-and-shoot craze of the uh, late 20-teens, for lack of a better term, uh, all those cameras are going to brick at some point, but these little rollies will just keep on chugging along. Yeah, I, mean, it, I, I tend to agree with that. I think that the compactness, and once you get used to having um, zone focusing in your mind, and you pay attention more to um, your aperture and how far things are away, it just becomes all the ultimate travel camera. And I find when we go away, I always question, okay, what cameras am I going to bring? And I definitely always bring the Roly, and I find myself just shooting with the Roly, I would say, 75 80% of the time. Um, it's a leaf shutter so that you can handhold it to pretty low shutter speed without having to worry too much about 
crazy camera shake. Um, it focuses fairly closely. Uh, the, the controls are very simple to use. The light meter on, on mine is thankfully very accurate. And I do find it um, very unobtrusive to the world around you. So you can pull one out, snap a couple shots off, and no one ever even notices for that matter. I mean, being zone focusing, you it, it's almost too easy to just sit, sit there on, say, a subway and hold it uh, at waist level to capture sort of candid moments of people in silence. It's a, it's the ultimate, I think, travel and street shooter camera. And uh, again, I, I find they're kind of addictive. They're cute and they're small, but they're so much more powerful than what they would typically look like and feel like in holding in your hand. I think the other part that nice. sort of drives you up nuts, though, is the amount of accessories <laughs> that you can actually search out there for. And Bill, you have a couple of accessories, don't you? I picked up aftermarket uh, lens hoods. There was a guy I found on Etsy out of Hong Kong, and I bought a couple for him, one for my 35, uh, really, my made in Germany Rolly 35, and then for the 35S. I don't have a lot in the way of accessories per se. Like I've got, uh, I think the 35S came with a, a leather pouch, which again, as I mentioned earlier, I can't get my lens back in, so I can't use the leather pouch for a while. And, uh, and there, and again, there is a flash which hangs off the bottom of the camera, which I'm not sure, you know, I guess in theory, you could put a Vivitar 283 on it, but it'll look absolutely ridiculous. Well, right. I mean, really what you need is you need the Rolly flash. So Rolly came with a dedicated tiny flash that is uh, pretty simplistic. I mean, it's just your typical consumer uh, flash that only doesn't really have much by way of controls. Um, but it's very tiny and it fits on the bottom. You can also, if you're fortunate enough, and I was fortunate enough on the one, one of the ones I bought to come with a side mounted flash bracket. So oh, you can nice. actually screw it on the bottom Nice, and it allows you to basically hook your, your flash on. I think you have to connect it with a cord, but, um, you can, use that as holding like a typical vert vertical mounted flash versus having to basically, if you want a flash, turn the camera upside down and you just look at the viewfinder upside down, which um, again, if you're traveling and you want to take a light kit, I mean, you sort of have everything right there. Um, so it works really well with small, small, uh, small flashes. It, there's the, there's the leather pouch that it comes with and a tiny cord that goes around your wrist I was fortunate enough to get the the never ready case, which another came on another one that I'd purchased, and uh, it's almost like a typical old fashioned camera case that you would have, but it sort of flips off and kind of looks like those old fashioned leather hard leather Nikon ones, except it's rolly, which is kind of neat mm. to have because then that makes the camera virtually indestructible at the bottom of an sack versus the tiny little leather one that uh, little pouch thing that breaks, which is. Uh, you know, maybe not the strongest mm -hmm. of things to have out there. So you've got a you've got a German one and you've got a Singapore one. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've seen. Uh, I was tempted to get another German one. I saw one of the earlier ones. So when you look at the the chronology of them, um, the style has changed over the years. So Alex, when you were talking about the initial versions were produced in Germany, mm -hmm. uh, they actually have specific markings on them, which sort of denote the time period. So, yeah. The so the first one. ones had um, made in Germany by Rolly, Zeiss, Kampur, and Gossen. Right. 
and that was until August 1967. After that, it was simply made by Rolly in Germany. Yeah, and they also had a different locking foot at the bottom too. Yep. And I remember once, I think there was a gentleman in Niagara who was selling one, and this was after you'd bought yours, Bill. Um, yeah, they had one with the original foot, and oh, that could have been Brian Pipperici. Well, yeah, and he wanted. I mean, he wanted a fair price for it, I thought. I kind of regret not getting it now. But uh, it did not, it wasn't one of the first ones with, uh, made by my Rolly Compersize. It just said made in Germany. So um, that was kind of neat to see. Yeah, there are, very, well, there are a ton of vari- uh, variants out there. Well, the later production, they were mostly pumping out limited edition ones mm-hmm. based on the... Uh, the TE and the SE, they, I think when they brought the production back to Germany. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. They had the limited edition silver and then the gold. Um, and uh, The Sultan uh, of Brunei edition. <laughs> Sultan of Brunei, and then there was another one. And if you look, you can see actually a picture of the queen. The queen has a, a, a rather decent, looks to have like a rather decent sized Roly collection. So when you, when you search in Google for queen Roly, there's about four or five different pictures of her with different rollies out there. So uh, obviously a woman of discerning taste mm. uh, clearly has an eye for uh, a jewel in the crown, as it were. Alex, you said you find them frustrating. Why do you find them frustrating? Oh, well, it's uh, I have only managed to get mine successfully loaded and shot once. <laughs> <laughs> grand total of one time and it's eaten four rolls of film oh my so it doesn't come down to the actual operation i find it incredibly easy to use once you get the film loaded and advancing properly i personally think that mine does need to get repaired um which is where i think a lot of my frustrations are um it sort of piled all the frames the first couple of times it piled them all in oh, all overlapping each other. Um, another time it actually tore and actually the time it tore on the rewind was the time that I actually was able to get a decent amount of frames. Yeah, I, I heard I, the film rip inside and immediately didn't even bother opening up the back. I just brought it home, put it into the change bag and was able to extract the film safely, mm-hmm. get it onto a reel and develop it. So it's not the easiest thing to load with the entire back coming off of it. Now, I had the exact same problem with the Nikon F. Oh, what? Film tear? So I've never had that. Ha- I had film tear. No, film loading with the entire back off the camera. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a, and the problem with the F, maybe less so with the Rolly, is because of uh, the length that the film has to travel to the take-up spool, you find that it almost uh, sort of tilts mm-hmm. and you can never get yeah. the thing loaded properly. Less so yep. with the Rolly because you've got the uh, pressure back, which instantly yeah. puts things on and, and certainly keeps things a little bit closer. So, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and, like I've had a, yeah. I've had two rolls of film tear on me in my Rolly, my German Rolly 35, uh, and I got to the end of the roll, I tried to rewind and it just, it snapped. And I salvaged yep. a roll, a black and white roll, like you did, Alex, and got home and put it in a dark bag, fished it there, got a great roll. The color roll, 
uh, it was toast. Mm. And I, I lost yeah. that, which was a shame. And it's sort of like, again, it's like I'm looking like again now. I can't, for whatever reason, I can't retract the lens on my 35S now. Uh, so I can't go back in its lovely pouch. So when this is pandemic's all done, both cameras are off for a good CLA. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I find you have to be careful. I mean, the tendency is to to, to want to have um, flat film and to over tighten as you've got film and camera. Mm. And I don't think that's necessarily the right answer with a rolly. At least no. that's sort of in my experience. You have to be kind of gentle in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are little precision cameras. And I get that said, I have gotten some brilliant photos out of my rollies. So again, I'm not, they have their quirks, uh, but as mentioned earlier, as these electronic compact cameras crater over time, these little, like little delightful bricks uh, will keep on trucking with problems. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the prices, the price as a result has gone up. So when mm-hmm. I, fr- when I bought my first rollie, which would be about, I would say, um, well over 10 years ago. I think I paid about $130, $140. And it was off a gentleman who... That's not bad. It was, uh, I mean, it was a long time ago. He ran a camera repair shop on the Kingsway. Oh, Stan. Stan. And he was a huge Rolly collector. So he had, um, he was saying he had like upwards of 30 30 or 40 different Rollies. Mm. And, uh, he was, you know, I was sort of talking to him and he was quite happy to sell me one of, one of his remaining ones. And, um, honestly, that was, that was then now I don't, I don't, I don't think they go below 250, 300 bucks. And yeah, 300 is about average. Not granted that was pre pandemic. So who knows where it's all going to wind up at this point. Well, and even when you look at the SE, which is the one with the electronics on the, uh, on the inside versus mm-hmm. the, the match needle or the, uh, you know, I think, mm-hmm. I think actually with the SE, you can see whether you're over or underexposed to the viewfinder. Um, those, uh, they're just priced ridiculously expensive now. And, and, uh, and I don't know what it is. I mean, it, there's so many of them and they seem to go up and they have not gone down. That's the thing over time. They've just stopped. Leica's have sort of gone up, gone down. They're sort of petering off a little, little bit and then they'll go up again. Mm-hmm. Same with Nikon F, but Rollies have just been very, very steady, very steadily increasing in value, which is yeah. a good thing and sometimes maybe a bad thing if you want to buy that one. Mm-hmm. I was lucky with mine. Mine is the uh, 35T version, so mm-hmm. it is the right. Singapore-built Tessar version. So I I bought mine from Burlington Camera, um, definitely under $200 for it, so... Yeah, that's a, that's a good price. That's a very yeah. fair price. And, yeah. and the T was built a little. It was built a little bit later. So. Mm-hmm. That was definitely Singapore production. Oh yeah. And there's nothing wrong with the Singapore production either. It's just like again, it's basically the tooling just got shipped over there. I mean, to be fair, I think in the initial probably six months there were some challenges in terms of the production, but mm. I don't know that it, I don't know that the Singapore ones on the on the long in the long term have been any different than the German, although the German always tracks a, uh, a, a price, a price differential or price premium as it were. Well, then you get the weird one with the, the German one. Again, most of the, the overwhelming majority of the German uh, Rolly 35s 
came with a, a, a Zeiss Tessar lens. They did come with a Schneider Zenar lens. So yes. for, for those of us who love our Rolleiflex automats and Rolly cords, they'll be familiar with that particular lens formula. Uh, they're very familiar with that particular lens. And uh, Rolly had them in that for, uh, I think they, they had it as an option. I don't know, but I noticed they do command a price premium. Which is weird because the Schneider ones were mainly aimed at the uh, Eastern block market, whereas the Zeiss ones sort of stayed more to the West. Interesting. Yeah. So if you're looking to buy one, again, budget, uh, are, you know, probably about three, four hundred bucks. And maybe perhaps a CLA is in order as well. Because uh, again, they are, you know, if you blow them up to a regular size camera, like say a Leica or, you know, an, or an, like even like a Nikon SP rangefinder size, they're probably relatively simple. But when you shrink them down, they become really complicated. So it's oh, definitely yeah. not definitely not a do-it-yourself um, fair. And yeah, whatever you do, do not force anything. It will end in tears and regret. Uh, John here with a question. I'm speaking as someone who does not yet have one of these. Um, is there a model that you would recommend uh, to like what's 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 the best buy or the safest buy do you think um, one that works avoid, one that works avoid the electronic ones <laughs> that's what I was going to yeah. say anything well, I think, that have electronics in it yeah so you're probably looking at one of the um, one of the testers or one of the sonars so not uh, a 35T or a 35S um, if you can afford one of the early Rolly 35s from Germany, hey, you know what? You're going to be paying a premium. But I think the, the T or the S are both competent models. The sonar lens tends to be uh, a little sharper and, and a little has a lot more latitude in it. Um, but I would look for one of those. Match needle, um, match needle uh, lens meter, uh, perfect, you know. Yeah, it comes, it's not through the lens, obviously. It's like through uh, a little window at the top. So you kind of have to be careful to not hold your thumb over top of it or your finger over top of it and wonder why your pictures are all turning out funny. But um, <laughs> I would I would definitely go for a classic Chrome Rolly 35, um, whether it be a T or an S, and you won't be disappointed. Yeah. The one thing that you do have to note is that the meter does take a battery and it does take mercury set. Um, so that is one thing to look at. I haven't actually put a battery in mind to see if the meter still functions, but again, I, I used, um, sunny 16 and, mm -hmm. um, for one of them and the other one, I just used my, uh, Goss and Luna pro. And if you back the Kickstarter, a Ravini meter mounted on the bottom would be perfect. Oh, I know. Like, I think that that would be the perfect companion for this camera, because it's literally it takes up almost no space at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping that that uh, the, well, again, the Kickstarter was overwhelmingly successful, and mm -hmm. I hope they're they're available for sale at a through a regular site soon. Yeah. So um, other than that, um, Rolly 35s. They're uh, they're a brilliant compact camera. When they're working properly, <laughs> I hate as to say that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, as with everything. You know, I mean, and please don't take this as some, you know, them being buggy, problematic cameras. I mean, I've had. Oh no, three, they're not. 
Um, and the three that I've had have been extremely reliable, but you are with any classic camera, you're buying something that's, you know, 40 years old. So yep. it's going to have freaks here and there, if not otherwise treated well over its life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In the words of Michael Rosso, no violence. Exactly. <laughs> okay. This is Bill Smith of the classic camera revival. It's uh, not the size, but how you use it. This is Alex Lokes. Bill, you you took what I was about to say. There you go. I got to do it for a change. <laughs> <laughs> now you got me looking on eBay for more rollies. <laughs> <laughs>